Hey. Welcome into the full coverage football show here on Anchor.fm. You can also catch us on Google Pods, Spotify, Breaker, Pocket Cast, and Radio Public. I am Jeremy Somerville. You can follow me on Twitter at SomervilleCLE alongside my tag team partner there. Drew Ward, who you can follow on Twitter at Ward2967295. What's up, Drew? How are you doing tonight, bro? Great, man. How is it going? <laughs> it's going well. I love that Twitter what? handle, all those numbers, man. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's there's, that's a story for a different day. But, yeah, um, it's pretty good. How's things going with you, man? Are you, uh, you watching this football game? I am watching this football game. You like that uh, toe-tap Tyler Lockett touchdown? Yeah, that, uh, that was a nice thrill by Russ. This uh, this actually might be a decent Thursday night game, which we deserve. Yeah, we, I mean, last week was pretty good. I mean, we got the Gardner Minshew show two weeks ago. Thursday night football has actually been okay for the most part, if you take the Tennessee Titans out of it. Yeah, the Tennessee Titans ruin everything. <laughs> that they do as a Browns <laughs> fan, I know for sure. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> let's just – get this on the table right now. Russell Wilson is possibly the most underrated and overlooked quarterback in the league. We always talk about Rodgers and Breeze and Mahomes and there's this guy playing up there in the Northwest and all he does is win football games. You know, it's funny. I was just uh, texting back and forth with my cousin. Uh, How fun is he to watch, by the way? Not only is quarterbacks in the league, I don't know if there's a, is a guy that's more fun to watch. Um, I mean, and he's really doing it with a bunch of bunch of no names on offense, um, and he's just super efficient because this is a team that's a run for a team, they're a run heavy team, um, and he's numbers called and they put the ball in the air and they're great off play action. But when they put the ball in the air, I mean, his efficiency numbers are unreal. The kid just. It doesn't matter who he's on the field with. You're absolutely right with a bunch of no names. He elevates the play mm-hmm. of the guys around him, and he continually wins. With it doesn't matter. Give me a crap offensive line. We're going to run the ball. We're going to pass the ball. We're going to do whatever we can. We're just going to win games. Speaking of winning games, last week's game of the week, we're going to go to the Kansas mm. City Chiefs, who moved on to 4-0 as they beat your Detroit Lions at Ford Field that little quiet place that's Ford Field. 34-30 to push the Lions to 2-1-1 on the season. And I know we usually don't stay on topic all the time. But while we're talking about Ford Field and that quiet thing, what do you think about those uh, comments that uh, James Jones made? Dude's an idiot. Dude's an idiot. Somebody should slap the, slap the hell out of him. I mean, as somebody who's been to Ford Field multiple times, that place gets rocking. Um, and, and everybody knows that he's just being a dick. He's a Packer. It's just an, it's an ignorant thing to say. Um, and I think any quarterback that's gone into Ford field will tell you that it's not quiet. So I, listen, we'll, we'll deal with when we beat green Bay in, in two weeks, then you know, we'll see what James Jones has to say at that point about his, uh, his ex team. But I think it was, a, it was a ridiculous statement. And, uh, but he's just looking for attention, and that's fine. And it was a perfect segue because you're talking about quarterbacks going into Ford Field. And, yeah, they can struggle sometimes. And one guy who usually doesn't struggle is Pat Mahomes. And maybe he didn't struggle. His numbers are 24, 42, 315 yards. But he threw for zero touchdowns. Kept him off the board touchdown-wise. And I think that's a win 
as far as you're going with Pat Mahomes as the Detroit Lions. But they had a chance. We had this as our game of the week, and nobody's given the Detroit Lions a chance. But we have all season. And they come into this game, and even people, Lions fans, probably going into Ford Field were thinking, we're going to get blown out here. Mahomes is going to destroy us. And the Lions had a chance to win this game with two minutes left in the game. What happened to force the Detroit Lions to (laughs) 2-1-1? Well, you're right as far as fans and our expectations. Listen, um, this team's constantly just been the disappointment. So any fan that's going into this game thinking the Lions had no chance, they have all the right in the world to, to, to do that. That being said, um, the Lions played really, really well. They they played really, really well. Um, you know, it came down to there's a fourth and eight. You know, you you make a stop there, you win the football game. It was a blown assignment. Linebacker went <clears throat> with the running back. We had a double cover running back. Nobody was spying the quarterback. You give up that play, you lose. I mean, you also look back in this football game, and you fumble twice inside the five-yard line. Um, one of them, which <laughs> – yeah, something I whatever the hell happened, it's giving me nightmares still. But anyway, you know, one gets ran back a hundred yards. Um, Just knock the and, guy down, Kenny Galladay. That's all yeah, you had to do. Yeah, yeah, you're right. It was uh, it was a strange play, but but I'll tell you what the uh, the Lions battled, and uh, and and I think that's a good Kansas City team. So I, I wasn't overly upset about it, but at the same time. That's a football game the Lions should have won. Um, I feel like they outplayed them. Um, but as like you said, it's hard to say that Patrick Mahomes struggled. But, like, when you watch the game, you you thought Patrick Mahomes isn't really playing like Patrick Mahomes right now. And his numbers are still good because the guy's ridiculous. But, um, but you know what? The Lions defense did a nice job. That they did. Uh, they really did. Um, you know, in, in with a Band-Aid. I mean, the, the secondary was is basically Band-Aid. Uh, you know, you have no Darius Slay your top corner out there. You got no Mike Daniels. That secondary played really, really well. Justin Coleman was fantastic. He was everywhere. He looks like the Lions spent great money there. And on the offensive side of the ball, they, they ran the football, which you have to do against the Chiefs because they're woeful against the run. And I, I liked what I saw from on Johnson outside the fumble. 20, um, I mean, but I really liked 26 carries, 125 yards, average 4.8 a carry. I mean, that's what we said last week as we broke down the game of the week. We said the Lions would have to run the ball. And – do it well, and they did that. And we can talk about the Lions, how they outplayed, and at the end of the day, they just they didn't win the game, and it sucks to see that. Exactly. Because they yep. should have. And, I mean, you're a Lions fan. It sucks for you to have to do this. But the Kansas City Chiefs, they come in. They still get the win. Mahomes, MVP from last year, MVP candidate, probably leading the way this year. But the Lions oh, shut yeah. him down. Yeah. But at the end of the day, he still gets the job done. So, are the Kansas City Chiefs the team to beat right now in the NFL? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and the reason I say that, well, it's tough for me. It really is because, because you, look at, you look at things two different ways. Because you look out in New England, what that defense is doing right now, right? And I know New England hasn't played the, the toughest of teams out of the game. That defense looks pretty for real. And then you look over at Kansas City and their offense – I mean, they're getting Tyreek Hill back probably this week. Um, you know, they're, they're running back still banged up. They're, they're kind of 
I mean, that offense is ridiculous. To me, Kansas City's still the team to beat. There's just too much offensive firepower on that team. Uh, I think they make a move. Um, I would see them as the Jalen Ramsey team. I think uh, it's it's kind of buy-in now from where I'm seeing. You know what I mean? It, 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 this team's ready to win now. Mahomes is on the rookie deal for now. I mean, you have to be win That's now because that deal is going to be $200 million exactly. plus. Exactly. And, and you know how that is. I mean, the minute you make that, it handy, it stra- you know, it straps the rest of the roster where you're signing, you know, guys that that are below what you're really looking for at multiple positions because, you know, too much of the pie is being taken up by the quarterback. Can't argue that, and they should get in on this. I mean, they get Jalen Ramsey. Maybe that's the guy who pushes them over the hump to face, you know, Tom Brady and the New England Patriots up there in Foxborough, possibly for the AFC Championship. And going forward, where do you see this game as a measuring stick for the Lions? Is this showing who they really are, or is there more to come from this team to prove that they're as good as their two one and one record? Yeah, no, there's a lot to prove. There, there really is with the team. And, and, and trust me, uh, you know when I speak for pretty much every Lions fan I know, um, we're we're going to need to see a bigger sample size. I mean, it, it, the Lions have made big mistakes. There's still a lot to prove. I, I mean, I think the measuring stick, uh, the game that really could could be kind of define their season, uh, is going to be you know not this Monday but next Monday night. That's that's heading to Lambeau off of the bye. Um, you go and win at Lambeau, then I I start to say okay, let's talk about what what the chances are of us us winning this division. Um, I think that is a Big, big game of the Lions schedule. Although it's slow in here, you're talking about kind of what we think is the cream of the crop of the NFC North right now. Uh, you know, Mitch Trubisky, Chase Daniel, we don't really know who's playing in Chicago. And from all these reports out of Minnesota, um, you know, Minnesota looks like it's starting a downward spiral potentially. So it's a big game for the Lions. If they want to prove they're real, that's a game they got to go get. Absolutely agree with everything you said there 100%. Now, we did both pick the Kansas City Chiefs to win this game. And looking at last week, going back, you went, let's see, 9-7 and seven last week. I went 10-6 and six to move our record on our game picks to this year at 13-8 and eight for you. And I'm a game up on you at 14-7. and seven. So let's move on good. to this week. Yeah, I mean, we've been up and down. Last week was a weird week. <laughs> I mean, I picked the Bengals to win. That was a poor choice. I picked the Redskins to win. That was an awful choice. I mean, but games like we had the Colts lose, Those the Texans like lose. That's how like really dumb. Now you're like, hey, let's go with Bengals. <laughs> Bengals could barely get down. I mean, and the Rams lost. I said last week, I'm going to, yeah. I have to apologize to the Jameis Winston. I said that he can steal crab legs, but he can't steal a win in LA. I was wrong about that. Scored 55 points in front of 55 people there at the LA Coliseum. And I also got to apologize to the Buffalo Bills. I said you weren't for real. Well, that defense is for real. We learned that uh, Josh Allen, he's a tank, but a tank with a concussion, and Matt Barkley's still not good. But, yeah, the Buffalo Bills might you be know what? a team to look – maybe they're solid I this agree. year. I, they, I mean, the defense is legit. I also think Sean McVay needs to apologize to Jared Goff for making him throw 68 times. Uh, that's ridiculous. And Jared Goff, now he's playing on Thursday. You know how much he's been iced this week? 
I mean, the poor guy, 68 times. Are you kidding I mean, me? Yeah, he's like a right now coming in on Thursday. He's like a pitcher coming in on three days rest. He's he's got fucking Gumby arm, dude. He's got Gumby arm. It's basically what it is. I mean, he's looked pretty bad so far, but we'll see if he can turn around here in the uh, second quarter. I think we're still in. But let's move on to the games for this week. We got. We'll open up with this one: two and two Jacksonville, and the Gardner Minshew show travels to two and two Carolina. This game's on CBS, going to be called by Andrew Catalan and James Lofton. Who you like in the Jags and the Panthers? This is a tough call to me. I don't know about you. Um, kind of hard to get a beat on these two teams. I still think I lean Carolina. Um, you know, I'll tell you what. Leonard Fournette last week, holy God. Um, Man, they're giving this – the kids. Yeah, it's – but it's like – Let's let's talk about Leonard Fournette for a second. Dude's injured a lot, mm-hmm. right? Absolutely. I mean, date back to LSU, injured a lot, right? I don't think it's unfair to say. And uh, I think one of the things, if you're the Jacksonville Jaguars and Doug Marone, that you're thinking is, I mean, how how much do we want to give this kid as far as volume goes? I mean, he's uh, having- knowing that he's. Right now, yeah. he's averaging 5.6 <laughs> yards a carry. 72 carries, 404 yards. But a lot – if you look at it, actually, 404 yards, he's probably got 150 yards on two runs. Yeah, 69-yarder <laughs> or something against Tennessee, and then an 80-yarder last week or something. I mean, he's got – he's running well, and he's breaking off big chunk plays when he needs it. But sure is. Can he continue to do this? Exactly. Can we bank on him to be there all 16 games? But I do think what Doug Marone's doing well in Jacksonville is listen, everybody loves Gardner Minshew. We we love this he's this mystical figure, this unicorn, right? <laughs> um but at the end of the day, he's he's not, right? So <laughs> what Jacksonville top of is is controlling the clock, running the ball, giving this kid short throws, play action throws, making him comfortable, not asking him to do too much. Um, and if Jacksonville continues to do that, they, that, that can be a winning recipe. But I do like Carolina here at home. Um, not anything as far as the betting side on this one. Kind of a weird game, but but I'd lean Carolina. What about you? I'm going to take Jacksonville Jaguars. I mean, okay. it's really coming down. You look at these, these are basically the same team. I mean, you have quarterbacks who haven't played a lot in Kyle Allen and Gardner Minshew. They're basically built around their running game in Leonard Fournette and Christian McCaffrey. Your top receivers are both named DJ and DJ Chark, do-do-do-do-do-do, and DJ Moore. And it's they're identical. Their records are 2-2. Two and two. I mean, they're running the same kind of games, but I think the Minshew rolls on and they go to 3-2 and two and drop the Carolina Panthers 2-3. and three. So we will differ on this one. Let's move on. I think, I think Carolina has the, the, the more elite running. Oh, I, and, I'm uh, not arguing that fact. But I think Jacksonville has a more elite defense and can shut down the passing game when it comes down to it. I don't trust Carolina. Wait, is this the, is, what, what's the game in London this week? The game in London this week, I believe, is the Raiders game. Let me see. Oh, yeah. Let me see. We'll go through this. Yeah, it is. I got it in front of me here. It looks like uh, oh, yeah. it's the Raiders. The Bears and the Raiders. And I, I read an article. 
today that that there's never been a game in London. They played 25 games, and there's never been a game in London with two teams over 500. (laughs) (laughs) So here you go, London. Here's some mediocre to borderline trash teams from the NFL. Yeah, we know you make fun of our game we call football as we make fun of your game you call football. But watch our trashy teams and our MLS. Yeah, we're basically showing them second-rate football here. Well, let's move on to that game. Chicago yep. Bears 3-1 and one at the Oakland Raiders, the home team at Hot Tutton. What is this? Tottenham Hotspur Stadium in London. I don't watch enough soccer to uh, know if that's Tottenham or Tottenham, but either way, we got something with Ham and Hot Spurs. And in this game, I'm going to take the Chicago Bears to move to 4-1. and one. Yeah. Um, yeah. Listen, I think – as much as we laugh at, you know, Chucky and and the Raiders, uh, touchdown Seahawks, by the way. Was that DK Metcalf? Believe so. That's my boy Russ. Sorry to get off topic. Oh, no. I got Russ in fantasy uh, too, so this does matter to me. And no, I was very enjoyable. Look <laughs> I mean DK's wide open in the end zone. And the guy can only one run one route, but hey, he runs that one route pretty damn good. <laughs> Yeah, but no, I was what I was going back. Wow, you're right. Uh, I think Vontae Vontae's perfect. Injury's big for them uh, defensively. That's a signal caller. Uh, you want to since we're on it, you know, not to get off subject. What we want to touch on Vontae's perfect. What do you what do you think about that whole situation and his suspension for the entire year? I mean, I think the thing is stop with the dirty hits, dude. Like we know you're you're a hardcore player. Going back to college and high school, he's always been the same dude, but dial it back a little bit. Like, yeah, people are scared to go over the middle against him because they're afraid to die. I mean, I don't think anyone wants to go on a football field and die. I mean, I'm blaming him right now for what Antonio Brown is because he damn near killed (laughs) Antonio Brown. But the hit on Doyle this week was just – it was completely unnecessary. Doyle was head down almost to the ground, and you're just going to try to take the guy's head off? I mean – Enough. And the whole suspension for the entire year, yeah, because of who he is and the amount of times he's done it. I mean, he's been fined a half a million dollars by the league. It's. I think if this is Luke Keekley, yeah. right? If this hit Keekley makes, I don't think Luke Keekley gets suspended a game, no. right? I don't think Keekley gets fined, but Luke Keekley has a reputation, you know, as a good yeah. dude. You know, he's got a completely different reputation. Vontez Burfick, people think he's dirty. And this is a case of, you know, when you're the Raiders, what did you expect, mm-hmm. right? What did you expect? You brought this dude in. You know who this dude is. What did you expect him to do? I just think uh, that's a huge loss for them. And, and you know, just to sum up this game, I'm going to go with the Bears too. Um, interested to see the Bears and what Chase Daniel looks like and um, – not not completely sold on the Bears right now, even though they said three and I mean, one. Chase Daniel's going to manage the game. I think he's been in more NFL situations than Trubisky has to this point. I think he might actually be better right now for the Bears. I mean, he's not as talented as Trubisky, but right now he might suit them better as just a game manager. And it's got to suck for Oakland because your top acquisition on offense was Antonio Brown. Your top acquisition on defense was Vontez Burfecht, both from the AFC North. I've seen these guys a million times. Glad they're both out of this division. But, I mean, you wonder why people are laughing at Chucky right now? I love Chucky. You love Chucky. But 
I mean, we got to laugh at the guy because Chucky, the GM, is going to get Chucky, the head coach, fired eventually. Moving on here, we're going to go to Arizona, 0-3-1, at Cincinnati, 0-4. Dude, which, which team is going to get their first win? Is it going to be the Cardinals and Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler Murray, or is it going to be Zach Taylor getting his first win with the Red Rocket? Um, well, let's think of this. This is, uh, this is bad football, right? Listen, I, th- I think Cliff Kingsbury is going to have to begin to become more offensively. Um, from what I've seen of that football team, it's a lot of short intermediate throws. They got to start pushing the ball down the field. Nobody's respecting him to throw it over the top. As far as Kyler Murray goes. Cliff Kingsbury's going to have to start getting some things going here as far as this offense. Um, I – God, I, I'm going to take the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, and I don't feel comfortable. It almost feels dirty to me. Like, I feel <laughs> like I should shower. Um, but either of these teams would make me feel like that. I'm going to go with the Bengals because they're at home. They got a veteran quarterback. Uh, back, but uh, I'm going to go with the Bengals in this one. <laughs> I mean, this is one of those games that we probably should have sent to London, and one of those games that, you know, on like March 25th, we're going to be like, damn, I could really use some football. I'd even watch this game. But as of right now, this, this game's just gross, and it's going to be on Fox <laughs> at 1 o'clock. We got Tom Brenneman with Chris Spielman doing this game. I love Chris Spielman, but I feel bad for him in this. And you know what? I am going to take Cliffy and Kyler once again this week and they're going to go on the road and they are going to finally start throwing the ball deep. Christian Kirk's going to have a big game and it's probably going to end up in a zero zero tie, but I'm taking the Arizona Cardinals and we can just pretend that game's not even happening. We move on to the Atlanta Falcons one and three at the Houston Texans, two teams who are kind of disappointing right now. Yeah, I would agree. Um, this game, I do have heavy feelings on one of the teams in this game. Um, I would in, – in for the betting crowd, um, you got Houston minus five. Houston's given five to Atlanta. I would take that Houston minus five all day long. I think Atlanta's not good. Um, I think they have tons of problems offensively. Strangely enough, you would look at that star power. You look at Calvin Ridley alongside, you know, Julio Jones. Um, I'm not I'm, – I'm not – Gonna buy into Atlanta at all. I do believe it's a big bounce back game for Houston. Um, I think that loss at home to Carolina last week was kind of maybe a wake up call. They weren't very good offensively. Um, I look for Houston to bounce back here. I would I would give the five points and take Houston. Uh, what the hell's happened to Matt Ryan in that offense? I don't know, um, but looking like a bad football team to me now and you're on the road in kind of a, a game for Houston that's a big game especially with the way Jacksonville's playing um, so I, I, I'm going to take Houston in this one you know I want to say I could take Atlanta but no I just can't for all the reasons you've already stated they can't run the football I mean right now Devontae Freeman averaging 3.3 yards a carry and they are just not getting it done and you've got all these weapons and I mean, Matty Ice is Matty Turnover right now. He's got eight touchdowns with six picks. And basically – He looks uncomfortable. Absolutely. Yes, he looks uncomfortable. I mean, they're basically a screen pass that Julio Jones broke away from being 0-4. 
And I've got to expect Deshaun Watson and the Texans to bounce back here. So, Houston, man, I you have to. You, you, Houston, this is time for Houston to kind of say, hey, this is who we are. I'll tell you what. Do you what do you think as far as Bill O'Brien being on the hot seat here for? I mean, is this a make or break season for him? Because I kind of get that feeling like, hey, dude, it's time to put up or shut up. You know, we we got we got you know some, some players here that we think we can win. Our defense is still legit. You know, what do you think about Bill O'Brien if if this team goes eight and eight? Or nine and seven and misses the playoffs. I mean, it's kind of like the same situation as Chucky. I mean, we said Chucky the GM might get Chucky the head coach fired eventually. I mean, he's still got 40 years left on that contract. But Bill O'Brien is basically running the front office there in Houston. Made that deal for Laramie Tunsil, gave up a ton of draft picks. I mean, Tons. Right now, Tons. if he isn't back next year, whoever's coming in as head coach and GM coming in next year, they're coming in with a lot of things on the roster, but they've got to start worrying because Deshaun's going to be coming off that rookie contract and you don't have high draft picks for the next couple of years, but correct. And you blew all your assets on Kenny Stills and Laramie Tonson. Yeah. You, 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 you blew all your assets on two guys that you're like, okay, I would trust me. I'm all about getting a left tackle, right? Get five, but they gave up and it looks like they just fumbled here. Is that what happened? I think he was down. Yeah, you know, tough for Tucker. I don't know. I thought he. One <laughs> anyway, but uh, but yeah, I, I that's kind of where I'm at with. I mean, that's a nice player. Lots to give up. The thing is, Deshaun's still getting hurt, and it's not because or hit at least, and it's not because of who is blocking for him. Really, it's because this kid going back to Clemson days. He holds on to the football as long as possible. And he'll hang in that pocket and he will nobody holds the ball longer than Deshaun Watson. He's always gonna get hit. So did you need to spend that amount of draft capital on a possibly premier left tackle in Laramie Tunsil? I mean, I think Laramie Tunsil is really good, but I don't think you needed to get that. You could have gotten someone maybe a little lesser, kept some of that draft capital, and maybe picked up another left tackle going into next year. I'm kind of torn on that. I mean, I am because I think they were they're they're they were getting this kid killed. You know, they were getting the kid absolutely killed. So I and I know that it hasn't been a complete turnaround, but I mean, when Deshaun Watson's taking a, a you know a, a freaking bus game because he can't get on the airplane, I mean they gotta protect that. But you're right, you're right. He is going to try to extend the play going to hold the ball too long. He's going to cost that offensive line to get more holding penalties, sacks, he's going to get killed. But I'll tell you what, he's fun to watch. He is. <laughs> fun to watch, but, but, but yeah. So I, but I do like Houston in this game. Um, and, and so that's kind of where I'm at with that one. I mean, the thing with Watson while we're still on the subject is the kid's fun to watch, but he's going to get his – get himself beat up like he's Andrew Luck at this point. Are we going to lose him early like we did Andrew Luck because he wants to be in there extending the play as much as possible? I hope not, but it's definitely a possibility no matter who's blocking for that kid. You know, he needs to be more – and I say this, of course, all types of wood, but Russell Wilson has a lot of those same qualities that Mm -hmm. Sean Watson has. 
Russell Wilson has polished himself as a quarterback. Russell Wilson doesn't take a lot of big shots, no. right? So Russell Wilson, you know, he scrambles. He's he but the, he he knows when to slide. He doesn't take a lot of big shots. And Russell Wilson is always relatively healthy. And I and I really hope I do that. And his leg breaks off in the second half. I'll run podcast because uh, we'll just have to, to record the shit over again. Um, but, but you know what I mean. In in, in Russell Wilson. Like, again, he stays healthy. He, the, the, this kid's just got to be smart. And I think over time, keep getting popped and popped. I think he, over time, you start to become a little bit smarter as far as that goes. Yeah, I hope he absolutely does learn as he goes forward. And speaking of quarterbacks who are learning, it looks like, as they're going forward here, let's move on to the next game. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Jameis Winston at 2-2 two and two at New Orleans, 3-1. and one. Who do you like in this game? Yep. This is a uh, this is another one. Um, if I'm a betting man, I'm laying the three points and playing the Saints here. Um, I think I think Jameis Winston sucks. Um, to be honest with you, and, and trust me, I, I understand he had a, he had a great week last week. Um, so he's due for one of those kind of four interception type games that Jameis does. Um, I'm not overly thrilled with Teddy Bridgewater's dink and dunk offense, but. You're going down to New Orleans, the Superdome, to play that that game, and you just saw how Dak Prescott handled that that noise and that that crowd. Um, I don't think the Buccaneers keep this game close. We're only giving up three points here on the Saints. Um, it could even die by one game this week. It would be the Saints minus three, as far as the betting side. I really like the Saints here. I I, I think they're going to continue to win. I mean. The Saints are three and one, and, and Drew Brees is just sitting back there waiting to come back, waiting to come back. This team keeps their head well up. in a nice position when, when Brees does come back. I I mean, I can't argue with that. The Saints might be the best all-around team right now in the NFL because they yeah. they can win and mold to anything they need to. However, interesting thing about Jameis, he's got 970 pass yards. Sucks. Six touchdowns and two picks in his past three road starts versus the NFC South. And he's aiming for his third straight 375-yard passing game and three-touchdown week. Now, can he continue that? No, I don't think so either. I'm 100% with you on this. I think he's due for one of his, hey, I'm just going to throw the ball out there and hope someone catches it. He's got two great wideouts. But – is ridiculous. I mean, God. All right. I mean, Lattimore's probably going to get a pick. Why not? Yeah. I'm trying to see what Russ did here. Oh, that yeah, is, I'm that sorry. Is, to, that is pretty. Look at this. Nope. That's a straight dime. The cool thing is <laughs> I'm streaming it through Spectrum right now, so it's a little behind. So I can turn around after you say it and check out the play technically live on my TV. That was a dime to Disley. We're at the face mask. I mean, the there is no separation there. And you know what? Over the past two seasons, Russ has had. I'm going to call that his ninth. I'm going to actually call that his twentieth because I'm pretty sure the throw to Lockett earlier was a tight window throw. Nobody throws more tight window completions than Russell Wilson. That's his twentieth in the past two seasons. And the close next closest guy to him is Baker Mayfield at thirteen. The guy's a stud. So we can move on from this game back to the picks now. And New Orleans, yeah, they're going to win that game. I don't think that's a problem. 
And as far as Ward's wagers, that's your lock of the week, basically, you said. You got it. No problem with lock of the week. Okay. Listen, in, in, in the record, um, I'd pick like an asshole last week. So we're, we're past that, though. We're moving on, we're on to Cincinnati. Um, and, and this week's, this week's going to be way better. I hope you're, uh, I hope but, you're wearing a hoodie. One last, thing about, dude, one last thing about James Winston, and I like Bruce Arians, but James Winston is what we know he is, right? We've, we know what James Winston is right now. So I'm so damn sick of James Winston. I just want him to go away. So I, I'm saying I like Bruce Arians. He's a great guy. But, but anybody that's going to try to tell me James Winston's good, I'm not going to hear it. I'm not happy. That's all. I'm done with it. That was my rant. I, I, I hate you. He's had a good month, but one month doesn't make a quarterback great. I mean, we all know that. Moving on, we got the New York Giants welcoming the Minnesota Vikings into MetLife Stadium. Both of these teams, two and two. Yeah. Yep. Never would have thought I'd see that. I mean, Daniel Jones has been solid, 49-71, 578 yards, three TDs, and two picks, which is three touchdowns and two picks, which is exactly what Kirk Cousins has this year with the weapons this guy has. I mean, what the hell is going on with the Vikings? Can they beat the Giants at MetLife? Well, it, it – the Vikings are in a weird situation right now. So let's just kind of recap this, the, you know, the last few days real quick for the Minnesota Vikings. Um, Kirk Cousins looks like trash. Everybody kind of thinks, hey, you're trash. You get paid a bunch of money. Um, Adam Thielen basically says, hey, dude, you're trash, right? <laughs> basically, my wife can trash. do this. You know, it's like he's like, you know, we're going to have to throw the deep ball, blah, blah, blah. And then, and then the Stefan Diggs stuff comes out, right? And it's just like – and then Stefan Diggs just has the weirdest kind of press conference. <laughs> like, he's like, I'll play if the Vikings let me kind of thing. And then he's like, you know, there's some truth to the rumors. Um, I think in this football game, however, with all that being said, I, I still think Minnesota goes on the road and beats the Giants. Um, Dalvin Cook, Dalvin Cook, Dalvin Cook uh, is kind of where I'd be at with it. Um you know what I'm so for me, I think Daniel Jones against a good Minnesota Vikings defense kind of takes a step back. Um, I will take Minnesota here. I do like to watch Daniel Jones though, but I just don't think that defense is very good. Actually, I think they're, they're awful. Um, and I think Dalvin Cook kind of runs down their throat. Agree with you 100%. Everything you said, Minnesota, I think they win this one easily. I don't think it'll be high scoring, it'll probably be like 17 to 3, but. I got Minnesota. And while we're on New York teams, the New York Jets 0-3 might get Sammy Darnold back. And they're going to mm-hmm. travel this week to Philadelphia, to Lincoln Financial Field, and deal with the 2-2 two and two Philadelphia Eagles. Can the Jets get their first win, or does Philly move on to 3-2? and two? Oh, Philly will move on to 3-2. Um, the Jets, listen, it, <laughs> Sam Darnold coming back is going to be good, right? Because clearly – they're Luke Falk. They, they're not going to win football. I mean, Luke Falk is 12 of 22 for 98 yards in his week three start. Right. I mean, right. Whew. Yeah. I mean, he's not good, right? Agree. But let's talk about the Eagles for a second. Eagles are starting to get healthy. Healthier. I still think Carson Wentz is, is really, really good. 
Um, Le'Veon Bell, let's get Le'Veon Bell involved is, is kind of my Sounds like it might have lost you there for a second, but I agree with everything you've said so far. I mean, Le'Veon has to be a huge part of the game plan for Adam Gase. Yes. I mean, yep. Carson Wentz, he's still a top 10 quarterback. Let's awesome. not forget how good he was before the knee injury. And he's still damn good. The I Eagles are awesome. getting healthy. And I think Nelson Aguilar is going to start making plays finally for them. They finally started running the ball last week. Huge thing for them. And I think they win this one easily. I don't think this one's going to be close. I think this is a laugher. And while we're mm. talking about all these games, they're all 1 o'clock games. we got 10 1 o'clock games, one 4 o'clock game, and one four twenty five game. I think that someone really screwed the pooch on this schedule. And while we're moving on Scott to 1 Hanson, o'clock games, Scott. yeah, I mean. Stuff we, it's going to be tough for Scott Hanson in that early window. He's going to be octobox on us here. And then have two games for 4 o'clock? Come on. I mean, that's my favorite time to watch Red Zone. We got – I don't want to nap at the – Yeah. <laughs> um, watch the Lions lose. Kind of nap through the four o'clockers a little bit. Wake up in the second half and, and then watch the, the, the game at night. I mean, that's kind of my Sunday routine. That sounds like a good plan, man, because these four o'clock games – we got a good four o'clock game this week, but – Sticking with the one o'clock game before we get there, Baltimore Ravens two and two travel to Pittsburgh to the big ketchup bottle to face the one and three Pittsburgh Steelers. This is the biggest rivalry in the AFC North as you face the former Cleveland Browns against the Steelers. For me, this one, I think Lamar Jackson, who kind of came back to earth last week against the Browns, I think he gets back on track here and as does the Ravens defense when they get Brandon Williams healthy again. They'll get back on track here and they should beat the Steelers 20 to 10 probably is my guess here, but I'm going with the Baltimore Ravens in this one. Yeah. uh, So just for context, everybody, I was the biggest Lamar Jackson sucks guy (laughs) ever. Right. And I'm okay to, to possibly eat crow here. I'm not ready to say it yet. Uh, but he looks like I was wrong, right? I mean, I think I think a lot of people, though, and I will say this, don't buy into him. I still don't think he's going to be that great. You're starting to look more like you were right than I am, but I'm not settling for that shit. No. I'm not going to settle defeat. <laughs> uh, I think the Ravens are doing a lot of nice things to help him out. I, I think Harbaugh is – in, in that that you know team have kind of came up with some great game plans. However, Lamar Jackson beat up on two really shitty teams the first hundred percent. Everybody was like, "Oh my God, Lamar Jackson!" And then the last two weeks, Lamar Jackson's kind of started to look more like Lamar Jackson that I know at Louisville. Mm-hmm. Uh, so. With that being said, you still got to take them because you can't believe in Mason Rudolph, right? And that, and, and for for the Steelers, if I'm a Steelers fan, I need to see Juju Smith-Schuster getting the ball, right? I need Juju to get the ball. He had two catches last week, I think, for 17 yards, something like that. That's not acceptable. The ball, unfortunately, uh, the Steelers don't look like they're ready to take the training 
was off Mason Rudolph yet. They really don't to me. It's been a lot of dink dunk running back crap, which you hate to see. Nobody mm-hmm. likes it. But until they get Juju the, going and they get a vertical threat, they're not beating anybody. Which, which that's not the Cincinnati Bengals, right? I mean, um, they have no vertical threat. They're a dink and dunk team. Teams are going to stack the box. That team's going to have to stretch the field. Otherwise, it's going to be a long, long day for James Conner in that backfield because mm-hmm. that front for Baltimore can get after it. And I think they are hungry to prove – that last week was a fluke because Nick Chubb ran all over them and made it look easy. Now, Mason Rudolph, people will argue, oh, he had a 43-yard touchdown. And he did. Deontay Johnson, the boy out of Toledo, he can stretch the field. But the only reason they had that 43-yard completion is because it was busted coverage. Now, yeah, that's part of the game. But other than that, everything was 10 yards and in. So everything you said is true because the Baltimore Ravens, they're just going to stack the box and kick James Conner's ass. He's going to have no chance exactly. to do anything because they're not afraid. Right? I mean, yeah, Beat they're me, not Mason. afraid of Mason Rudolph because they couldn't do that against the Browns because you had to stack – or you can't stack the box against the Browns and Nick Chubb because you've got Landry and Odell you got to worry about and apparently Ricky Seals-Jones. So it's a totally different game plan going in for the Ravens. Now, speaking of good defenses that need to bounce back, the Buffalo Bills travel to Tennessee – Buffalo comes in at three and one, coming off their only loss of the season, a sixteen and ten defeat by the New England Patriots, where they showed that they are maybe a team to deal with going forward. And the Tennessee Titans, who have been I don't know what the Titans are. Because they beat the Browns, they kicked the dog shit out of the Browns. Then they beat Atlanta twenty four and ten or twenty four to ten at Atlanta last week. Two and two. But who the hell are they? Marcus Mariota? is possibly keeping that team from eventually being a Super Bowl contender because that defense looks like it's for real. So is that team going to shut down Matt Barkley or Josh Allen, whoever plays? And can Tennessee get this win? Well, I'll say this. So for me, if – so right now in this game, this is another game that if – now repeat this, if Josh Allen plays, right – I'm taking this number all day long. Bills plus three. So, Bills are getting three points. If Josh Allen plays, I'm rolling with that. I think Marcus Mariota is not good. Um, I'm just going to – I mean, I'm just going to say, I think him and Jameis Winston, same draft class, I think both of them just aren't very good. Um, I think the Bills' defense is legit. I think they can run the ball a little bit. Um, if Josh Allen plays, I'm tagging that, that three. I'm taking that three points all day and rolling with Buffalo. I just am not buying in Tennessee. They're, they're Jekyll and Hyde. You don't really know what you're getting from them. You're right. Their defense is good. They're well coached. I'm just not going to ever buy into anything that Marcus Mariota is selling. Uh, I will <laughs> go with the Buffalo, Buffalo Bills, Bills, man. Moving to four and one. And, uh, and I mean, that's right. This next game, we're going to move on here. I think we both totally agree on everything with the Bills and the Titans. This next game, I don't think we need to spend much time on. It's the 4-0 New England Patriots traveling to the nation's capital face, the 0-4 Washington Redskins. And I think the two quotes that came out today from their head coaches tell you everything you need to know about this game. Bill Belichick's like, yeah, they're a good coaching staff. They know what they want to do, blah, 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 giving them all kinds of credit. And then the quote comes out from Jay Gruden that we have no idea who's going to start on Sunday. I mean – 
they could start Jesus at quarterback this week, and I think they'd still lose. I got the Pats in this one. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the quotes you're talking about are so funny to me because the minute Belichick is given credit, you know how Belichick always gives that half-ass credit, right? Good football. Then they legitimately come out and they say, well, starting a quarterback. I don't know, and I want to. I want to get your thought on this. Uh, clearly, we're both taking mm-hmm. you know New England in this game, but I want to get your thoughts on you know Dwayne Haskins. <clears throat> excuse me. What what you saw last week? Um, what you think? Now, listen. Last week he got a raw deal. Now I don't want everybody saying, "Oh, he just get through three mm-hmm. That's not. It's not fair to the kid. The Washington awful rank organization or an awful offense. Um, the kid that's unfair to this guy, but what do you think? Where does that go forward? I mean, where, where are you at with? I that? mean, coming into the draft, I had Dwayne Haskins as my number one QB. I had him above Kyler. I had him way above Daniel Jones. What I saw from him last week is a kid who got thrown in the fire a little bit, and two of those picks were bounced off fingertips of his receivers. Maybe he threw the ball a little late. Maybe they just weren't used to the ball coming in with any kind of velocity because they're used to soft throws in case Keenum and Colt McCoy. I mean, receivers have to adjust to their quarterbacks. And when you got a guy out there who's throwing change-ups like Greg Maddox and then all of a sudden Randy Johnson comes in, it's totally different ball. And Cooper Cup just got another touchdown. That kid is damn good. And Haskins just put the kid in the game. Let him start building because this team's not going anywhere. It's Dwayne Haskins' time in D.C. Just put him in the game. I mean, I don't know what else to say about it, but that's that's where the kid needs to be. You got to keep with Haskins. Give him the football. Let him lead this team. Let's see what you got with the 15th overall pick. But I'm not sure if you're still on with me. Got kind of quiet. Give me a second here. So moving on from the Washington Redskins and New England Patriots, which we both probably think is going to blow, be a blowout, we yep. move on to another 0-4 team in the Denver Broncos as they travel to Los Angeles and the big soccer stadium that holds 75 people <laughs> to face the superchargers, Phillip Rivers and his band of children. I got the Chargers in this one. I mean, Broncos aren't good right now. I know John Elway said they're a team on the rise or whatever, but I mean, John Elway could probably come in and start a quarterback in his prime, and this team still would probably be 500 at best. This just isn't a good squad on offense right now. They're still figuring things out. And Vic Fangio comes in as a head coach, and he's the only guy who can shut down Von Miller. I mean, Von Miller's only got two sacks on the year, and now you're without Bradley Chubb. I think this one's easy. Give me the Chargers. I, and just, I just want to mention, like you just said, the Bradley Chubb news, you know, that's, it's tough because, because this kid, this kid's going to be one of the stars of this league off the edge. Um, but you're right. And, and shame on me for thinking Joe Flacco had something in the tank. Um, you know, I really did. And, and I'll, and I'll eat that crow. I, I really will because I thought, I thought there could be something there. You're right. But, but you know what? Shame on John Elway, right? Shame on John Elway for not bringing 
one competent quarterback in since Peyton Manning, right? I mean, they did have Chad Kelly. <laughs> That's true. So, in, in, in my apologies to Chad Kelly and, and whatever drug house he's at now. But. I mean, I got to eat crow on that because I am still convinced that one day this kid can play in the NFL, but he's yeah. – He's it's the poor fine. man's Johnny Manziel, let's face it. That's yeah. who he is. Right, and nobody <laughs> wants to be that. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you're I absolutely mean, right, though, with what's going on. John always never been able to find a quarterback there. It's, it, it, and there's no excuse for it. it. And it's really like these offenses they have, I mean, it, it's like they're just – like they want to run the ball, of course. I actually think Cortland Sutton's a nice player on the outside. I really do. Um, I think it's hard to get somebody going when, when your quarterbacks just throws the ball into the ground. Um, yeah, I, I like the chargers in this one. You know, I thought about wanting to bet this game, but the thing is, is it's hard for me because once you get into spreads that are anywhere around over a touchdown or a touchdown, then, I mean, in the NFL, that's a lot of points. Denver's still an NFL team. I mean, you got guys in the NFL who will always be out there playing their asses off, and you hate to see the spread that big. But at the end of the day, it's because these guys haven't lived up to the expectations of NFL players and of the guys that they are. We both agree this one's going to be pretty easy. Give us Phillip and the Chargers. And moving on here, we got the Colts 2-2 two and two at the Kansas City Chiefs. The Chiefs 4-0. This is going to be a Sunday night football game. I think this one, as much as I'd like to see Jacoby Brissett and Frank Wright go into Arrowhead, that is a tough place to play. And that is a damn good team they have to go up against. I think Pat Mahomes and the boys – Roll in this one and move to five and zero, especially if Darius Leonard is still out. Let me ask you this, and I know you're not like a a gambling man by any means. What if I told you the spread was eleven? So Kansas City's given eleven. That's a lot. I mean, I'm- that's a lot of points. And I think I think the the Colts are going to move the ball against that Chiefs defense, right? I mean, it seems like kind of everybody can move it against the Chiefs defense a little bit. Um, but, but I mean, is a, is a betting man that's a lot of points. I'm going to take the Chiefs as well. I'm just bringing it up from that perspective. It's, it doesn't really seem like as much when, when you're giving up 11. Because I, I do like the Colts. I do. I, I think they're, they don't win pretty. You know what I mean? They don't win pretty. They've been banged up. They're starting to get some guys back. I think Jacoby Brissett is good enough. Um, to win the division, I really do. Um, not that he will, but we'll see. I mean, T.Y. Hilton, if, if only T.Y. Hilton could ever just be healthy. You know what I mean? It's all T.Y. Hilton's always nicked up. Yeah. And it's like and when T.Y. Hilton it plays, he is special. Um, but it, you got you know, you got to be available. So uh, I like what Indianapolis is doing. I don't think they're completely screwed without luck, right? I really don't. Oh, I agree. With I that. think they're. I think their division isn't. The division isn't that great, right? Yeah. You know what I mean. So you're, you're playing in a division that's not that great. I think that they still have an opportunity to make the playoffs. Um, but but we'll go with the Chiefs here just because they're a better team, and that offense is is humming. 
The thing is, the Chiefs or the Colts, we can't figure out who they are right now. And it is the injuries that are hurting them because you lose T.Y. Hooker was out last week, I believe. And Darius Leonard. You're without Darius Leonard. So you lose 34-27 to Oakland. And, I mean, this team needs to figure out who they are. The Colts have won two of the past three against the Chiefs. However, the last time they met, they lost that game 30-14. to And the last time they went to... Arrowhead, they lost 23 to 7. So, both those double digit games, I mean, that seems to be the way it goes. Set 11 points doesn't seem like that big of a deal when you look at the history of these two teams. But we're going to both agree that KC and Pat Mahomes and Andy Reid, the man who ate a 40 ounce steak like it was nothing. I don't know if you heard that story this week, but I could totally see that. Just all up in his mustache, just sexy as hell. Didn't they say he ate like like twenty minutes? Yeah, like, or like it was nothing. He was probably talking West Coast <laughs> offense the whole time, just shoving it down. Yeah, it's it's like if we got like a twelve ounce steak. He's like he's, he's like triple the amount of ounces you eat. That's what I order. <laughs> you know. <laughs> and speaking of big meaty deliciousness, Nick Chubb, Nick Chubb, big meaty deliciousness, the Kawhi Leonard. Of the NFL, the guy who says nothing. If you get a chance, check out the Browns Twitter feed. Yeah, check out mic'd up. Check out the mic'd up, where the guy says four words the entire time. He ran all, all you over. Breathe. All you hear is breathing. <laughs> yeah, it's ridiculous. He ran all over the Baltimore Ravens last week, and he's facing a 49ers squad as the Cleveland Browns two and two. Go into Levi Stadium on Monday Night Football to face a 3-0 undefeated San Francisco 49ers. He's going in against a 49ers defense that hasn't given up a rushing touchdown. Now, that is a good front four for the San Francisco 49ers, and Jimmy Garoppolo looks to be the real deal as far as a quarterback. But will the Browns continue their upward swing, or will this Jekyll and Hyde team go back down to earth? Who's going to win this game? Oh, man. Um, I, I'm really interested to see what you say about this one here. Because uh, believe it or not, we, we haven't even talked about this game. It, you know, I mean, we'll occasionally, you know, text or whatever, but uh, we have not spoke about this game at all. Um, this is really a hard one for me. Um, but I, in this game, I favor the San Francisco 49ers. Um, some of the reasons – that I, I do that is because you have Kyle Shanahan off of a bye. Um, I think that's big. I also think the Browns are still nicked up in the secondary. That concerns me a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, and to be honest with you, it, they had a great week, right? Baltimore was a, was a wonderful week. Uh, Nick Chubb really I, – I, and, and I hope – and, and I think you would, you know, when you, you get your take, you agree. Um, I really hope that Freddie Kitchens stays true to the run. You know, the, the offense, you, you, you run to pass. You don't pass to run, right? You want to get the ball. You want to establish a run game. I hope Freddie Kitchens does that because I think that's where the team is, is, is at their best. Um, I think – OBJ will get a little bit more involved, but I, I also think that 49ers team, that 49ers defense is pretty good. Uh, I think Nick Bosa has been really good. Um, I think I, I favor the 49ers on the road. 
I like what, what they're doing as far as Cleveland goes. Uh, I need to see another good week out of Baker. Uh, I know Jarvis Landry still nicked up. If Jarvis Landry doesn't go, that's a huge thing for me too. And I don't know how you feel about that either. Um, but Jarvis Landry is kind of the glue to the offense outside of Nick Chubb, in my opinion, um, just kind of with his toughness, um, you know, his IQ out there. Mm-hmm. And, and, of course, you know, the ability to catch the football. I mean, Jarvis Landry is the leader on that offense. Yeah, I give Baker all the credit because he is a hell of a leader in that locker room. When things are breaking down between everybody, Jarvis is the guy to go to. When OBJ was struggling earlier in the season with his emotions, OBJ went to one guy, Jarvis Landry, kept him in check. And yeah, those two have a history, but that guy can do it with anyone. Jarvis Landry, people will give him crap for he always oh, overpaid this, he's overpaid that. And maybe he is. He doesn't put up great numbers. He didn't even reach 1,000 yards last year. But what the guy does in the locker room is what is the heart and soul of the Cleveland Browns football team right now. This is a tough game. Now, the Niners, I don't think they've really played anyone. They struggled in their last game where they beat Pittsburgh 24-20 to in Mason Rudolph's first start. That was at home. And that game, Pittsburgh basically gave it to him. Multiple turnovers in the red zone. But something you said is the reason that I think this is going to be a lot harder game than people will say for the Browns is the fact that Kyle Shanahan, as far as X's and O's, is one of the best out there. And he has had an extra week to prepare for this team. That is something that will get overlooked probably, but it shouldn't because that is a key to this game. And I'll give Garoppolo credit for being pretty solid so far, but when he is knocked off his spot, he is a guy who tends to throw 50% or less as his completion percentage when he's knocked off his spot. So for the Browns to be in this game and to have a good chance to win it, you need a big game out of that interior line. You need Ogan Shoby to make a difference. Sheldon Richardson, if he plays, if he's healthy enough to play. And Devereaux Lawrence pushing the gut. And you're going to need Vernon and Garrett outside to do something. Because right now it looks like possibly you're going to be without Greedy Williams and Denzel Ward once again because neither one of them practiced today. Now you have an extra day. And it might help Jarvis, too, because Jarvis is dealing with concussion and concussion protocol, and they will recheck that probably two more times before the game. And he could be passed, or he can pass his concussion protocol on Sunday. Doesn't mean the same thing is going to happen on Monday. Concussions, they bounce Mm -hmm. back and forth. With all that being said, I think this is going to be a damn good game to watch. I think it's a measuring stick for both teams to see how good they are. And the Niners, yeah, there's 3-0, but we're watching two teams on Thursday Night Football here in that NFC, in that NFC West division, that are 3-1. Winner of this game could be tied or ahead of, actually, San Francisco 49ers if they lose to the Cleveland Browns. But I think the Browns continue their 12 personnel, their 11 personnel that they dominated out of last week. Oh, wow. Here it comes. Pharaoh Brown is a guy to keep an eye on. Pharaoh Brown. Nobody, I love it. Nobody's going to pay attention to the name because he's not going to get called a lot. But what he did last week was he showed that he could be a lead blocker for Nick Chubb, something we didn't have a lot on pulling guards. Because that Cleveland offensive line still isn't that good. But when you're getting the ball out quickly and you're running the football, you look a lot better because when those guys are shooting out, of their stance is way better than when they're dropping back. And I think the Cleveland Browns win this game. I think it's going to be a tight one. I'm thinking 24, 20, maybe 24, 21. 
And it's really going to come down to which team plays better up front on the defensive side of the ball. It looks like yeah. we're going to. Yeah, I mean, can you hear me? Yep. You still hear me? I'm here with you. Well, so I just got like, here's here's my, my question. So it's just last week, right, defensively, the Browns did a nice job of kind of Hiding the fact they were missing, so they were they were you know missing, of course, Greedy Williams as well. And and this might seem like a ridiculous question, but at, at any point in your mind, worry maybe about Denzel Ward's durability as far as being available for the team. I mean, absolutely, it has to. I mean, and I mean, I know he's had concussions, and this is not a concussion. No, and I get that, it, but but. Some guys seem to, you know, catch the injury bug way more often than other guys. As of right now, he's been in the league for 21 football games. He has missed six of them. Six games out of 21 he's missed for various reasons. He's There was already a worry coming out was his durability. He's not a big kid. He's a small kid who likes to be aggressive, who likes to hit. And in the NFL, that can be a bad combination. However, what Steve Wilkes has done with his defense, with the guys being out, including against the Rams, where he had the entire starting secondary out, and last week where the only starter was Demarius Randall, what he's done, touchdown Todd Gurley. Yeah, stupid. What he's done is the main reason that I can feel okay going in defensively because he's managed to find a way to game plan around their weaknesses and accent or accentuate their strengths. Browns need to play a damn good game on the road here in order to win. They don't have the kind of team right now defensively that can really make mistakes and then bounce back from it. They're going to struggle. It's going to be close, but I still think they win this game. And no Christian Kersey as well, right? I mean, that- I mean this guy, it, it, this guy gets hurt all the time too. I, it's just there's some right. I mean, he wasn't he injured he was, last missed, year. Uh, a lot of the season last year ended up on our. That's this guy. He he's a leader. He's dog chick and all that before the game, which is great. And he was out there in Baltimore, <laughs> but he's been hurt. And I mean, that's why this year everyone's like, "Oh, why'd you take Sione Taki Taki, which is a great damn name, and Mac Wilson, two inside backers." In the draft, when you got short, well, not to get not to get all Cleveland Browns on everybody. This Mac Wilson kid, though, this kid slipped way too far in the draft. This kid can play. I mean, part of the reason he slipped is because no one knew if he was ready. He's still stupid young. I mean, he's a young kid. He's fresh. Out, I mean, he's two and a half years out of high school. Basically, he is a young kid who. He's a dog. He's a guy who's going to go out there and try to kick your ass every snap, and he wants that football. He's shown he's got a nose for the football. He's going to be fun to watch. But what he's got to do is keep his head in the books and keep that head on straight and not get overly confident in his own abilities right now. And I think the perfect guy for him to be with is Joe Schobert, a guy who's outplayed his abilities. I think this combination can be pretty good going forward. And right now the Browns really start two backers. They're in a nickel defense to start every single game. They are playing a 4-2-5. So, I mean, Browns are going to have to come out. They're going to have to shut down the run, and they're going to have to knock Garoppolo off their spot. 
and they're dealing with injuries. They always do because it's the same two guys. You've said it. I mean, Ward is always hurt, it seems, and Kirksey's always out. Yeah. But yep. thankfully, they've grown accustomed to that. And now we will <laughs> we will move on from that because now I'm going to start getting all depressed about the guys who are always injured for the Browns. <laughs> Sorry about that. I mean, it wasn't. That's all right. We had to open the show with you getting all depressed and to talk about the damn Lions. Yeah. So yeah, I was like, damn, it was the game of the week. And now we're moving on to the game of the week. Two teams that they're both three and one. It's the Chiefs heads versus America's team, the Dallas Cowboys. I I don't know who to pick in this one. Dude, this one. I'm with you. And this, I, I, go ahead. This if I was looking at this game earlier, and I'm like, well, shit. I really I'm, – I'm stumped on this I one. I mean, it's in Dallas, and this is the 425 game. So, I mean, you got your nap time. I mean, this, this could take you away from your nap time. But, I mean, yeah. I'm looking at this, and – That's unfortunate. It's really going to come down to can – the Cowboys run the ball, and if they start running the ball, can the Packers stop it? No, because no. if Zeke goes off, the Cowboys win this game. But they've been struggling to get Zeke moving. I mean, he's averaging 4.4 yards a carry, but he struggled last week. And that offensive line hasn't he's been strong. healthy. So Dak was off. Zeke was off. That offensive line didn't seem as good. They get comfortable. It's Rodgers, can he go in and recreate magic? I mean, he's made some magical plays in that stadium. And the last time, I know you're not a huge, I know you got to deal with Rodgers all the time. And But, I mean, (laughs) guys, damn He's He's awesome. Both these teams coming off their first loss of the year, so they're both trying to bounce back. And the Packers have won five of the past six against the Cowboys. This should be a damn fun game to watch. But yeah, who's going to step up? Is it going to be Aaron Jones who finally has his big 100-yard game? Because right now he's at 195 yards on the season, had 125 the last time these two teams faced. It's not going to be him. finally going to get going? (sighs) These two teams, they seem pretty close, similar. I mean. Yeah. Yep. But yep, it looks you're like right. right now they... Dallas's offense seems better, but Green Bay's defense is better, led by Stone Cold Mike Pettin. I mean, this is going to be an interesting game. It could really come down to whoever has the ball last. And if I'm the Packers, I hope I have the ball last because I've got the better quarterback. I am going to lean with the cheese heads in this. Give me Green Bay. Okay. Um, wow. So, yeah, I'm I'm gonna go with Dallas in this one. Um, this is this is a really good football game, though. I'll tell you that right now. Uh, this is gonna be a fun one. Uh, Dallas struggled, man. I was watching that game against you know Dallas and New Orleans, um, and I'm like, man, Z couldn't do anything, right? Nothing. Uh, which. If Zeke can't get going and, and pick up four or five yards on first down, Dak's a different quarterback, right? Just the way it is. You know, Amari Cooper's been great, but, but Dak's not a guy you want to put in third and eight, third and 12. Um, this is not, not the way they want to run their offense. They want to run the ball. However, 
you see Green Bay, you see what they've done defensively so far this year. I like Green Bay. I think the offense, let's be honest, they're going to figure it out, right? They should. They're going to get it going. They, they will get it going. Uh, hopefully it's not this week. Hopefully it's not next week. Um, but I think the Cowboys' defense, those linebackers with Jalen Smith and Van Der Esch and you know, Demarcus Lawrence, I think they're going to be able to get pressure on the quarterback. I, I lean that way. I really do. Um, I hope they win because I'm like Packers. But, but this is a really hard – this really is a hard game. Um, and I think this definitely is a great game of the week. But I will go green – or I'll, I'll go with the Cowboys. You're going Green Bay. Um, so this is the first game of the week we've gone – Yeah, it is. Ways. And- so I'm probably going to win. <laughs> there are four games this week we differed on. <laughs> and this is the first – yeah, it is the first game of the week we've differed on. Something that I don't think – is we touched on is the fact that it's possible that Michael Gallup returns for the Cowboys this week. And that, that kid is a difference maker for this team because yeah, Devin Smith had one good game finally for the first time since probably that catch he made against Miami in college. But you had Randall Cobb who had kind of an okay game for them while he was out. But this guy seems to be a security blanket for Dak when Cooper is covered. So if he can come back and have a solid game, that could be a difference for them. But I'm still leaning with the cheese heads in this one. I just whatever. I, I can't go against Rodgers. Yeah, whatever. You have <laughs> Rodgers. All right. So let's see what we got yeah. here. We got four different four games we differed on: Dallas, Green Bay, Carolina, Jacksonville, Cincinnati, Arizona. Which that game I forgot was all part of it. San Francisco, Cleveland. Go ahead. We should touch on. We should touch on two quick college games. Who we got? I think. Just because just we're around here. So, so tomorrow night, Michigan State, Ohio State. Who do you like now one real quick? You know, one, one team always gives the Buckeyes struggles. And outside of the Buckeyes, the only team that has a ton of victories at the shoe over the past two decades, Sparty. That's a tough team, great defense, but you know what? The Buckeyes, I think right now the Buckeyes are the best team in the country. Give me the Buckeyes. Yep. You know what's funny about this? Not Just to touch on the gambling side real quick. Michigan State's giving 20 and a half Ooh. points last time I saw. But on the betting side, <laughs> Michigan State maybe looks nice. However, I, I still like Ohio State. <laughs> um, and that one, they just Chase Young, just a freak. Unbelievable right? player. So we'll see. And, and, and Justin Fields looks just as good. Um, but the other game that I, I actually want to touch on too, just because where we where we live is uh, Iowa traveling to Ann Arbor playing Michigan. What do you think about that game? I'm. I would like to say that Sparty or that uh, Harbaugh and the boys could finally do something. But we talked about this last week. Harbaugh is a joke. He's their fake messiah. Give me the Cornhuskers mm-hmm. all day, baby. Mm. Kirk Ferentz, mm. former Browns coach. So, so this is going to be the last the last spread that I would want to bet okay. on, right? Um, so the spread right now in this game is is Michigan minus three and a half. Um, I'm going to take Michigan in this one, right? I'm going to take Michigan. I think 
I think Michigan is the more talented team. I think Michigan is coming off a bad loss. Michigan's at home. Uh, I, I Listen, they have something to prove, right? This is kind of Michigan's season because Michigan still thinks they're good. I, I think Iowa is in the top 20 teams. I would say Iowa is the most overrated top 20 team. I mean, they did right. get lucky against Iowa State to state. I think and uh-huh. Iowa State's been yeah. bad. Um, I really like this number here. I, I think you're giving me three. So, so Michigan through minus three and a half. I like it. I think – trust me, I don't think Michigan's that good. But I think you're coming at home. You're, you're the better football team, right? And, and this is kind of Harbaugh's deal right here. Harbaugh comes in and lays an egg in this football game. Man, this guy might get crucified right in Ann Arbor before he can leave town. Like, like the, I mean, this is bad deal, I mean, right? Like, they need to win this football if, game. He needs to win this football If game. the tide hasn't started turning with the diehard Harbaugh believers, if they lay an egg in this yes. one, I think yeah, – What can I you think say? It what can you say? I mean, I think – honestly, I think the Cornhuskers are – I think Iowa, the Hawkeyes, I don't know why they call them Cornhuskers, whatever. They're all flat states. Anyway, I think Iowa goes in and they win this by a touchdown. I will take those points. I think they win this easily by a touchdown. And I think they're up double digits going into the fourth quarter. Oh, man. You know what the thing is, though? Like I would, I would almost rather that happen than win the bet <laughs> just because. It'd be so great to see like that that program implode, but I, I, I'm definitely rolling with them in that one. And, you know, I'm not only saying that because I'm sitting here holding an Iowa football notepad that was a gift to me as a writer for the Football Writers Association of America, but it is really nice that Iowa would send this to me. So I'm just gonna eat. <laughs> what a stand-up place! Those are good people over there. You got Iowa. Nate Stanley, six-four, two hundred forty-two pound junior. Out of men of many, Wisconsin, he's on the Manning Award watch list, the Maxwell Award watch list. I wouldn't know any of this if I didn't have this notepad in front of me. Thank you, Iowa, the Hawkeyes, who I tried to call. T.J. Hawkinson's cool, too, by the way. (laughs) T.J. Hawkinson. Hopefully he gets healthy. I mean, it's just Harbaugh's a joke. We can just end it with that. Yep, that's a great way to end it. Harbaugh, you suck. You're a joke. (laughs) The fake Messiah. Hopefully, hopefully, I think they're going to win. Hopefully, they lose. I would love for them to lose. The hopefully, thing they is, lose. the, the Big Michigan. Ten is better when Michigan is good. I mean, yeah, but they're not. No, no. it seems like they just suck all the time. For most of the two thousands, they've been a poor school to watch for most of it. I mean, correct. correct. They don't have a quarterback. I mean, it, 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 listen, they're a quarterback. Right? Chip Patterson sucks. Bill McCaffrey almost died last week. I mean, what's they're not they're just they, and they get the right. So this is where it comes down to Jim Harbaugh, right? And I know we gotta get out of here, but this is where it comes down to Jim Harbaugh, right? You, you you're rolling in I saw I saw a stat the other day, four and five you start yeah. recruits. Michigan has like forty nine, right? You got you got teams like Ohio State that are like at like yeah. sixty. But like you're getting you're getting top 10, 
four to five star recruits. Like you need to start winning big time football games because you're a freaking disgrace. Is what you are. You keep losing. You keep losing. You you, you you sit there, you call out the SEC, you say, oh, well, they're cheating, oh, the SEC's cheating, because you haven't won a damn thing. You know, you, you try to put the blame off everywhere, and, and people are starting to say, hey, listen to your hardball. You know, you need to calm down. You, you, wear, your, you wear your goofy-ass khakis, you walk around with khakis and, and your stupid glasses, and you, and you go take the trips to Rome and stuff, but you don't win any football games. And people are starting to get upset. I think the dude. I think the dude's a mediocre, I think he's a fraud, and, and that's all I got. And you're 100% right on that, because they've got – almost 54 five-star recruits, and they played a Wisconsin team coached by Paul Christ, who has eight, eight four- or five-star recruits. It's not a ta- – What's it come down It's not a talent. It comes down it's to coaching. coaching, 100%. And that's why the Buckeyes have dominated. Urban Meyer, Jim Tressel, and now you're coming to possibly an up-and-coming star in the coaching business in Ryan Day. And that's why this team stays on top. That They have great players, but it's shown more and more times that you can have all the great players you want, but guys like Will Muschamp, Jim Harbaugh, these guys get all the talent, but they can't do anything with it. It comes down to coaching. A random shot fired at uh, Will hey, Muschamp before it's we – It's the truth. It's just, Will I'm, Muschamp, he was <laughs> his own business. We were talking about – I mean, the, the guy had a ton of talent in Florida, did nothing with it. South Carolina, a ton of talent. And he's, they're not that good. It comes down to coaching. No, they're not. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree any, anymore I mean, with you. I think you could put Nick Saban at almost any school, and they would be at least competitive. If Nick Saban was at Michigan right now, and they had that team. Oh, yeah. I mean, well, they'd be killing it. It's not. And I feel like the last like bit of the show has been us killing Michigan, um, but 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 the fact of the matter is 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 you're this blue blood school. We're Michigan, you know. We are Michigan. You've won one national title in, in I mean forever. Like you're you're you don't win Big Ten championships. You don't. You've never even been in Indianapolis. <laughs> you don't know what the hell's going on. Your team's mediocre. You you pull all this talent. You get embarrassed by Ohio. It's just embarrassed mm-hmm. by. It. Like, imagine being Jim Harbaugh and getting just smacked in the face by Ohio State and having to go in front of your team. And what do you say? That we were outcoached? That they that they pushed us around? <laughs> Embarrassing. I mean, it, it, the, the Michigan program is not become – it's not a top ten program anymore. It's not – as far as, like, if you were to be open jobs on the market, right? You know, you got your Texas. You got your – you know, in LSU, you got an Ohio State, you got an Alabama, you got a Clemson. You know what? When I, Michigan's not even in the top ten of that anymore, no. right? And, and they were, you know, what people thought a blue blood program. The program, not, but the fans, the fans think it is. The fans still, you know, have that belief, and God bless them. But they did. The, the I mean, not growing good. up, these kids are all told this is the winningest program in college football history, and yeah, that's the case because they were playing, you know. Barnum and Bailey right. U they had leather yeah, in 1867, they had a hundred year head start. I mean, that's like the, I mean, that's like, I'm a Cleveland Browns fan. We're all like, well, Oh, we got eight championships. None that matter in the Super Bowl era because we haven't won anything in the Super Bowl era. I mean, we had eight championships before football had the forward pass really. So yeah. exactly. talk, talk about we, the old days, football. but <laughs> like, 
<laughs> like it's it's not like the old guy. Oh man, I remember back. I remember back in '32 when yeah. the Wolverines they rushed for 42 yards and they <laughs> to get the win. And no, Frankfurter's only cost a that nickel. That's great, Grandpa. Yeah, yeah exactly. You know, it's like it, 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 what happened. Is that another Russell Wilson touchdown right there? I walked upstairs. She's like, all right, listen, this this podcast has kind of gotten out of control yet. It is in Michigan for Russell then, Wilson because I got to see it. David Moore. Everybody likes it. Yep. Yeah. People clap for that. Uh, all, right. all right, man. I got I started going off hardball hey, in Michigan. And- we're the full coverage football show. We cover everything <laughs> and we will rip Michigan because they deserve it. Not because I've got an Ohio State tattoo on my calf, but because Michigan deserves it. And I will say that the Big Ten is always better when Michigan is good. So, Michigan, get good because I used to look forward to OSU-Michigan weekend. And now I'm just like, I mean, I can do other things, you know, because nothing's going on. But to recap today's show, we did game picks. We did a upon further review. Next week we got some good stuff coming up. We'll do the two-minute drill. We'll do some more college stuff. We'll do our first college football rankings. Why not? We'll do our top five, which is right now I was saying I would have the Buckeyes at number one. And yep, like I said, to start the show, you can find us now on Anchor, Anchor.fm, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, Pocket Cast, Radio Public. We're on YouTube, soon to be Apple. And yeah, we're the fastest growing football show in all of Northeast Ohio, where we record from right now. But we are global. So thank you for listening. I'm Jeremy Somerville. That is Drew Ward. You guys have a great night. Thanks for listening. Later, dude.